All right, everybody. Hi, my name is Jesse Stock. I'm the CEO of 3PL Zen. We will handle all of your e-commerce shipping needs. We'll store your goods, we'll prep them, we'll ship them to your customers, we'll ship them to Amazon FBA. We will bring Zen to your e-commerce business. So um, anything you need, reach out to us. Make sure you have a great customer service experience. I'm here with Raina Rose of The Rose Grows. Uh, Raina is an old friend of mine. Um, we've been friends for years. She's one of the one of the best people I know. She's a motivational speaker and mentor, um, and uh, she has some words of wisdom for uh, those of you that are looking to uh, start a business or are considering going into a business. And we're going to chat uh, with Raina a little bit about um, a little bit about how to do that. So, uh, Raina. Welcome. Tell us a little bit about you. Amazing. Jesse, thank you so much for your kind words and for having me on today. Um, I would say at the core of what I do is I inspire men and women of all ages to be the best versions of themselves. Um, I do this through public speaking. I've been doing that over the last decade. I've spoken to nearly a quarter of a million people in live events. Um, I do that in one-on-one -on -one mentorship with young men and women in middle school, high school, and college, where we meet regularly, and it's all about helping them identify what, the, what their skills and gifts are and teaching them how to apply that to a cause or a goal. So I've helped young people launch podcasts, um, start businesses, and really for me, a lot of the personal and professional development lessons that I've learned in my life. Um, it's a really cool way for me to give back, um, but also to be actively um, sharing about, you know, the different successes and challenges that I'm facing as they're facing some of those things in their life. Um, I also inspire people through my writing. Um, it's funny, I, I never really thought I was like such a great writer, but in college, I would write these Facebook statuses where people would just tell me, you know, we really like the way you write. We really like your perspective. And through the years, um, you know, very short sentences and emails, I was able to grow my confidence when it came to, to grammar. Um, and in COVID, I actually published a children's book called The Girl Who Said Hello to Everyone. Love it. Um, it was inspired by the loss of my dad. And it's all about um, teaching young people kindness, the importance of conversation, saying hello to people when you see them, um, and really teaching lessons of resilience, whether it's dealing with grief or dealing with, uh, with the pandemic. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and I encourage everyone to pick it up because I'm sure it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, so, Raina, let's just jump right in. Um, so, you know, making the decision to become a business owner is scary for people. And I'm kind of curious because you you started your own business. What um, drove you to, to kind of take that leap and go for it and leave your, you know, secure, you know, kind of um, nine to five situation and, and, and go out on your own? Totally. Um, I was working in a job where I was like the number one person in my department and the money was great. Um, but it just got to a point where there really wasn't going to be any growth there for me at the company. And that was really hard for me to get over because I don't know if this resonates with anyone, but when I walked in, you know, the doors on the first day, 
I imagine myself being there for 10 years and, you know, all of these like grand things happening. And when some of those things didn't start happening right away, um, I think, you know, I, I grew a little resentful. So looking back as a mature adult now, um, I think I could have like maybe behaved a little, a little better towards, you know, some of my, some of my supervisors because I was, you know, so, so hurt. Uh, but I realize now that that was really the catalyst that pushed me to, to realizing my potential and just recognizing that I know what I'm capable of. And throughout my life, there are going to be people who love me and support me. And then there are going to be plenty of other people who hate me for those same exact reasons that everyone else, you know, appreciates me or, or wants to work with me. Um, and at the end of the third year of, you know, being in the same role, one of the last things my late father ever heard me say on the phone to him and my mom was, I know this is premature and I have to figure it out. Like, even if I become a spinning instructor, like I can't keep doing this. Like I've got to own, you know, my own thing. Um, and then, you know, very shortly after that, he passed away and I had the best year, you know, of, of my like nonprofit professional life and sort of, you know, like Michael Jordan went, went out on a bang and then went back down to the bottom of the mountain to start all over. Whereas I thought like I would leave at the middle of the mountain and keep going up to the, to the top of the mountain. That's, that's not how it worked at all. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it must've been a pr pretty big realization to find out that like, wow, you know, it's a, it's a grind. Oh yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things was I really identified as I'm a speaker and I'm a mentor and I'm always like traveling and I'm a badass. Look at my outfits. And when my life slowed down and I wasn't speaking and I wasn't mentoring and I was on my couch every night with my cat with no budget to travel anywhere, I kind of had to like get over myself in the sense I was like, who do you think you are? that you could leave a job where you were so talented and so successful. Who do you think you are that you could start something else and be successful at that? It was almost like I felt like guilty for a while of like, why did you do this to yourself? Like how big is your, you know, your ego and just, you know, also realizing, and this took me months, but who I am is I'm kind, I'm funny, I'm inspirational and I'm a connector and I've had a lot of interesting side jobs over the last two years and whether I'm selling beer at the liquor store, I'm selling my book or like this morning, I'm speaking to a group of business students from all over the world. That's how I authentically show up in all those places. So my biggest piece of advice for entrepreneurs listening is do not define yourself by what you do. Do not define yourself by who you date or who it is that you work for um, because that's not authentically who, who you are. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. Starting a business is a humbling experience. <laughs> it's for sure. Yeah. Um, so what would you tell an aspiring entrepreneur who says, you know, this is something I, I, I'd love to do. I love the idea of, you know, um, buying and selling or, or starting my own business of, of any kind. And I just don't know how to do it. Totally. I would say start small and then work your way big. Um, you know, a couple, couple of anecdotes, you know, even with my book, when I was doing the Kickstarter, I was like, oh, I should do stickers and I should do coloring pages and I should do this and I should do that. And when I was listening to this podcast with Sarah Blakely, Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx, self-made billionaire, she was like, you know, 
create it, build awareness and sell it. Like once we did Spanx and Spanx was a thing, then we started expanding to other product lines. And now they have like over 118 things, right? And what's really funny is I truly did not become financially independent until COVID hit. And that was life shattering for me because it had taken it like it had taken like at least eight months for me to start booking speaking engagements. And I had done one and then COVID canceled the other ones. And because I listen to this entrepreneur named Gary Vaynerchuk all the time, I can't wait for the day that uh, I get to meet him. Manifestation, baby. Um, one of the things that he always talks about is like, you know, you can buy and flip stuff on eBay. And I haven't really had so much success like selling clothes on, on Poshmark. Um, but I, my, my, my brother's sister-in-law, she's made like $20,000 selling stuff on Poshmark. So like it can be done. But my advice and what I did was I literally had no income. So I went on Facebook Marketplace and I started looking up where I could get free books. And actually my friend's dad was moving out of his apartment. He had all these first edition books, which in the book world, is a lot of money, which Jesse, I know you have some, some experience back in the day selling books online. So, you know, I would sell these books I got for free online and the buyers paid for the postage. And, you know, some books are $3, $2, $15, $20. And my brother, Robert, who lives down here, he was making so much fun of me. Like, this is so dumb. But as a, as a business person, every experience you have in your life is going to build off of each other. So yeah, last March, did I feel a little stupid mailing out my eBay books? Of course. But when I launched a successful Kickstarter and raised almost $18,000 in order to print this book, and I had to ship out a thousand books, all of a sudden that experience was like really, 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 really beneficial. Um, so if you're, if you have an idea take one little piece of it and, and, and try it. And my other big piece of advice is don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, in my business, I have multiple streams of revenue. I used to think that I would make it only as a speaker. And the truth is speaking is like the smallest part of my business. Like I get money from the books, I get money from mentorship, I get money from speaking, and then I get money from special projects. So if you currently have a job, you can start developing that first stream but don't quit your job once that first stream is established. You need to have multiple channels and just know that when you do have multiple channels, you're going to have months where some channels are doing better than the other channels. And, and that's okay. Cause it's, it's all, it's all a balance. Yeah. You've got, you've really got to find what works. I mean, we have clients that, you know, have, have, uh, you know, found products that have, that, have, you know, just total, totally took a nosedive and they found products that just, exploded and you know we have we have clients that have you know they they use they have five different SKUs that are you know five different products that are just crazy wow. and we're shipping like you know all day long we're shipping the same the same product it just really it's like hit or miss and when you hit that home run it's it's awesome um so just I kind of want to touch on, on mentorship. I mean, that's your deal. So how do you choose a mentor? How do you secure that mentor? How do you you know how do you build that relationship? Totally. First, you have to put yourself out there. Um, you can find your mentors online. There are people who mentor me like Gary Vaynerchuk, and they have no idea who the hell Rain Rose Axelbeard is. But I can say to myself, what would Gary say about this? And I can immediately like, okay, he would say X, Y, Z. So there's some mentors that 
you take in their information, but you might not ever meet them. And if you do meet them, then that's like your life and their life crossing like when it's supposed to. So like Gary, can't wait. Um, also, there's mentors you meet when you show up like in places, right? So when I first went out on my own and there wasn't a lot of stuff going on, um, I always spend time with Holocaust survivors, but I started spending extra time with Holocaust survivors because I was like, well, you know, if they're invited to all these events and I'm just sitting on my couch with my cat, then I would love to be, you know, their, their plus one. I would love to be the chauffeur. And through doing that, I had the opportunity to be seen. I had the opportunity to meet important people. I'll never forget with the Holocaust survivors, I was like feeling like shit one day. And I almost like, you can't cancel on a 94 year old. It's just, you can't like, whether you're Jewish or not, the guilt and canceling on someone that old, you know? So we go to this event and um, I love shoes and everybody's complimenting my shoes. And they're like, do you know Pam? Do you know Pam? And like later in the night, I see this woman and she has the most fabulous boots on. I'm like, I love your shoes. She's like, hi, my name is Pam. What's your name? I'm like, you're Pam. And that one conversation, you know, turned into this really beautiful relationship where, um, you know, she likes to joke that like, we both mentor each other. You know, she lives less than five minutes away from me. Um, when COVID hit, she was able to give me work to do in her law firm. She was able to give me work to do in her nonprofit. I have no older sisters. So having her guidance as a woman and as like a strong, you know, female entrepreneur, I think for me, I was in the right point in my life to make that friendship. And I think for her, she had circumstances going on in her life that like made being friends with me um, click in a special way. So I also think mentorship is about when two people meet each other where they're at and see the potential of where those people can go. Awesome. So I'm seeing you here. And I love you here, but I'm going to support you and listen to you and, and lift you to like that vision that I see for you. Yeah. It's seeing the potential in somebody, right? Like, um, that's, that's big. And you know, that's, it's, it's interesting. Cause we, I mean, we have, we have clients that we've spoken to the same way that like, you know, they're small and, and, you know, we want to, we've said, we want to grow with them. We want to help them grow. Um, and we've had people that have said the same thing to us. I mean, right when we started, it was, it's really, it's a really cool kind of dynamic. Um, so, um, what advantages do you think, um, the younger generation have over their parents, right? Um, what do you think is, is easier about the world? You know, we're hearing a lot about like, you know, the economy is kind of recovering. COVID just slammed everything. It's impossible. It's not the right time. But um, I think young people kind of have this unique advantage, right? In a lot of ways. And I kind of want to hear um, what your thoughts are on, on, on why, why you think um, things might be easier for the younger generation than, than it was for their parents, especially in the midst of COVID. Totally. So I think it's really interesting what people blame the like on the internet because I really think the internet just magnifies like existing human behaviors that have been in the world for a very long time. Um, I think yes, it's an advantage that the internet exists, but no matter how old you are, if you have a message or an idea and one person likes it, there are over 6 billion people in the world. You can create a tribe. You can create a following for that um, idea. I think 
historically people have always been inspired by young people who, who speak out or who seek out leadership or, you know, have a hunger for entrepreneurship. Um, but I think where young people are really at a disadvantage is, you know, I learned how to write a check in fifth grade because of junior achievement. Like young people today do not know how to write checks and start LLCs. And it's amazing how many young people are becoming creators online. But, you know, even this morning, I saw an article that was talking about um, how a lot of these creators are, you know, developing mental illness, because if, you know, your one post gets a million something hits, you know, I experienced it on my own macro level. I had a reel that got 18,000 hits two weeks ago. And today I was so bummed that one only got 1500. So it's when you're getting paid, you know, based on those metrics, you know, certainly, um, you know, I can understand it. Um, something really interesting for me is I didn't start building my brand online until COVID hit. You know, I had spoken to hundreds of thousands of people and I had relationships all over the world and really, you know, clout and connections in a lot of community. But if you Googled Raina Rose Exelbeard online, there really wasn't anything to be said for me or my name or what I did or what I believed. Um, so, Another piece of advice for, for young people or really just anyone, even if you're already working on an existing company, start building your brand on social media now so that when you do jump off, you, you don't have to start at the beginning. And ultimately in life, our biggest challenges inspire our biggest blessings and opportunities. You know, my dad dying inspired me to write this book. Me getting bullied in college is what led to me, you know, building a, a career of, of, of speaking and mentoring. And with COVID, it really challenged me to redesign my life and my business that I feel like if COVID hadn't happened, it would have taken me years to have the clarity and, and the focus and the, and the structure that I, that I have now. So just be grateful along the way. And when like bad things come up, just know that like, if you can just like keep weathering the storm, there will be other like good things on the other side. It's just a lot of people like quit when they're at like that last hundred yards. So they never, they never get to find out. Yeah. Yeah. You can't quit in business. That's, 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 yeah. That's so the it, truth. Yeah. And, and, and I always just thought it was weird that businesses weren't online before, like gyms weren't online before. So I think, how can we make money now that like the economy and, and places that aren't like Florida where I live are, are opening back up? It's, you know, number one, you're going to be able to make revenue again from like all these like live things that you were doing. But number two, what I was talking about earlier, how you have to have multiple streams of, of revenue. I think it's finally like challenging other businesses to be like, huh, we should have always done our own delivery or, you know, we should have always offered yoga on, on zoom for half the price. So um, I don't like when people say like when things go back to normal, because like too much has changed for it to be normal. Like we, we are building a new normal and you can either like contribute to it or you can sit and cry on the sidelines. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, you know, that's it. I mean, you, you, you hit, you hit the nail on the head, right? I mean, everything's moved online. People are buying online like crazy. I mean, mm -hmm. the market's exploded. I know that, you know, it's, it's uh, yeah. a unique opportunity. Anybody, anybody can have a store that you know, right. needs to touch their product. And, and to add to that about how anyone can have a store, it's like, you know, I'm in a, a business women's networking group 
And yesterday someone said, should I open an Etsy or should I do a Shopify? And I said, you should definitely do a Shopify. You're going to be doing all your own marketing. Like the fact that Kylie lip cosmetics, you know, sold for like millions of dollars, that website, like her lipsticks are sold through a Shopify. Like my children's books are sold through a Shopify. Like I laugh so hard on the inside when people are like, oh my God, can I get your book on Amazon? And it's like, as an entrepreneur, that's the biggest we can ever get. Do you sell your thing on Amazon? Because it's like, they take so much of your money. You know, they don't give you like all the, all the customer's information. And it's, we live in a time where it doesn't matter how old you are, what you believe in, where you come from, where you live, especially if you have people like, you know, your business behind you, like fulfilling orders, you really can be your, your own entrepreneur and, and you don't have to sell out to anyone and you shouldn't. So start small. And when that works, keep building, keep building, keep building. Right. Um, so what's, um, just kind of a parting question. What's the one piece of advice you have for anyone of any age who is really risk averse, who just doesn't want to take risk, um, especially in business? My advice for someone who doesn't want to take risk in business. Life starts at the edge of your comfort zone. You know, if, if things are too routine, um, you're, you have to challenge yourself as, as a person. It's kind of like going through like different levels of like Super Mario, you know, like once you get level one, once you get level two, like you gotta, you gotta switch it up a bit. And, you know, it's, it's funny how sometimes things that we think we might hate, sometimes they might just be structured wrong. So, you know, for a parting story in my old job, at one point I was mentoring like 60 kids and I was burnt out. I felt like a lifeguard at a pool with like 200 people. And I was like the only one, you know, watching. So when I first quit my job and my mom was like, go speak to corporations and go mentor kids. First of all, big self-limiting belief. I was like, I don't have enough experience to talk to corporations, even though I've been talking about this for over, you know, 15 years, which by the way, it's past August, spoke to my first uh, corporation. But also when my mom's like, go mentor kids, I was so burnt out from being responsible for 60 that I thought that was like the worst thing ever. But like I said earlier, working with young people, the, the mentorship relationship goes both ways. And I find that when I have the young people in my life, I'm motivated to make better decisions. I'm motivated to work harder, you know, update them um, on my uh, on my progress. and. Um, the point that I wanted to make was, oh, right, the design. <laughs> now that I, you know, I mentor six kids at a time, maybe seven, it's one hour a week and they're paying me a really nice price for that hour. Yeah. Now I, I love the mentoring and it, it takes up, you know, a fraction of my time. So another thing, like if you're, if you're scared about taking risks, look at what you're already doing and figure out how you can monetize it. Like I have one friend who's like a teacher, but he knows so much about the stock market and the finance world. And he get, has all these followers on Twitter. He's always like complaining about, you know, how little money he has, but how he's staying in for his pension, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, like start a podcast, like start a Patreon where you have like private Zooms for the, you know, like the thing is there, right? So I just want to encourage you, like, start where you are, start with, you know, with where you're at. Um, and through that, 
you'll build confidence to take bigger risks. Uh, you know, I hope my teacher friend one day can leave this job. And so can you. Awesome. Raina, Raina Rose Exelbeard of The Rose Grows. Check her out, therosegrows.com. She's got an awesome, awesome website. She's got a, a lot of wisdom to give. So um, definitely uh, spend some time on her website. Um, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll thank me later. Um, and, uh, you know, just finally, uh, 3PLZen, 3PLZen.com will help you fulfill your orders, will help you ship, will help you grow your business. Um, reach out anytime. Raina, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody have a good day. Bye-bye. Yeah.